This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 161 of the Catholic Foodie, Around the Table Radio, and the French Quarter Festival. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking about some, well, some fun stuff. We've had some exciting things going on around here uh, lately. Uh, Just last Friday, we launched a new radio show in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, believe it or not, on Catholic Community Radio, which is 690 a.m. in New Orleans and 1380 a.m. in Baton Rouge. It's also available online for listening. And uh, that first show, that first broadcast, we uh, we featured the foods of the French Quarter Festival because that festival was this weekend. And boy, do I have a lot of good stuff to share with you right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Man, it has been an exciting week or so, for sure. Uh, goodness gracious. I mean, first of all, to, to launch a new radio show, that that is just, uh, boy, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. I have a co-host who's uh, uh, Dave Dawson from Catholic Community Radio. Uh, if, you li- if you're from around here and you listen to uh, the radio show, uh, the, the Catholic channels that we have in Baton Rouge and New Orleans at 690 a.m. in New Orleans and 1380 in Baton Rouge, then you probably recognize the name David Dawson. Uh, he is the president of Catholic Community Radio, and he does fantastic work, and it's great to work with him. So we have this new radio show. <laughs> Did I tell you that yet? A new radio show. It's called uh, Around the Table. That is the name of, of the show. And uh, it's broadcasted on Fridays at 3 p.m., right after the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And uh, Fridays, goodness gracious, Fridays in New Orleans, you know, you're getting ready for the weekend, uh, lots of, especially the springtime, lots of festivals going on, lots happening all around, people cooking, people eating. I mean, there's just so much to talk about, right? So much to talk about. So, you know, like the Catholic Foodie uh, Podcast, Around the Table is a radio show that talks about food and faith. Uh, it, It highlights the local culture and cuisine of South Louisiana. And, uh, you know, Dave Dawson and myself, we both, uh, we, we love to eat, we love to cook, and uh, he's, he's even got some award-winning uh, uh, gumbo recipes, I think, under his belt, too. So we'll have to get him to try to, we'll have to try to get him to, to share those with us at some point. Anyway, the, the show is on Fridays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Uh, now, if you miss a show, you'll be able to download it as a podcast from iTunes. The first broadcast should be available as a podcast in the next few days, uh, you can check back at, uh, at catholicfoodie.com to find out more information about it. Or very soon, it's not there yet, but I'm getting there. I'm getting close. Aroundthetableradio.com will be the official site for that radio show. Uh, in the meantime, I'm featuring the final segment of the first broadcast uh, on this episode of The Catholic Foodie. I just want to give you a taste of the show. It really is a lot of fun. I'm telling you, a lot of fun. So I'm going to play a clip of that show, the last 15-minute segment. I'm going to play that toward the end of this episode. Now, our first broadcast uh, on Friday featured the foods of the French Quarter Festival. And uh, just last week, uh, prior to the, the festival, because it, it went from Thursday to uh, through Sunday, I did write uh, a pretty extensive blog post about the French Quarter Fest. Uh, I love that festival. It's it's, it's uh, unofficially called the kickoff of, of the festival season in 
uh, New Orleans and South Louisiana. Matter of fact, it's it's also <laughs> it's been given the title the world's largest jazz brunch. So uh, I mean, you gotta love it, right? I mean, New Orleans is all about food and about jazz. We got we have music. We've got we got food. It's just a, an amazing thing. And the weather. Well, we had, you know, there was some difficulties. We had a, a lot of rain on Thursday, and that, that did kind of impact some of the performances. And then on Sunday night, I mean, or Saturday night, Sunday morning, it was late. It was like uh, 1 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Um, we had this storm come through that was, like, awful. I mean, it was, I haven't uh, heard a storm like that in the middle of the night in a long time. And it rained and rained and rained. We had, like, three inches of rain in an hour. I mean, it was insane. Anyway, it did uh, somewhat impact uh, the attendance on Sunday morning, but boy, I tell you what, by the, by the time the festival kicked off at 11 o'clock, the sun was out, uh, the weather had passed, and, uh, and folks came out. They came out to, uh, to enjoy the festival. But it was, it was so exciting for me to have our first um, uh, broadcast of this new radio show, uh, feature the foods of the French Quarter Festival. I mean, that was that's just a, a for me, it's a, a delight, an absolute delight. And we were able to have uh, Marcy Schramm, who is the executive director of the French Quarter, of uh, French Quarter Festivals Incorporated, which is the group that actually puts on the French Quarter Fest, French Quarter Festival. And uh, so she she joined us on the show for Friday, last Friday, and also. Ainsley Fine uh, from the Court of Two Sisters restaurant in New Orleans. She joined us to talk about crawfish Louise and also the turtle soup that they had available uh, there at the French Quarter Fest. And then we also had Nasser Nance from, I love the name of this, uh, this, this restaurant. It's, it's called Dreamy Weenies. <laughs> and you're going to hear all about it. It's only nine months old. I'm going to tell you all about it in this episode. But uh, it's all hot dogs. It's hot dogs gone NOLA. And uh, NOLA, of course, stands for New Orleans, Louisiana. And boy, you talk about a fun show. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to p- play that clip, as I said, uh, at the end of this episode. But I'm also going to um, include a link, at least for the first episode. Once I have that up and posted, I will include that first whole episode in the podcast feed here for The Catholic Foodie too, just to give you a taste of what that radio show is is like. It's a lot of fun. All right, so let's talk about something. What are you going to talk about? How about the French Quarter Fest? Let's talk about French Quarter Fest 2013 in review. Because you know I brought the whole family, right? Just like last year, I brought the whole family down to the French Quarter on Friday for the festival. And uh, as you can well imagine, one of the biggest reasons that myself, right, the Catholic foodie, goes to the French Quarter Festival is for the food. <laughs> I love jazz, of course. I love music. But the French Quarter Festival is about more than just music. It's also about our local cuisine down here in South Louisiana. And as I mentioned last week, uh, the French Quarter Festival is often referred to as the world's largest jazz brunch. With over 60 local restaurants serving food there, it's not hard to see why it got that name. I mean, it's really a, a, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Certainly a beautiful thing. You know, the, the food is also, by the way, why I bring my whole family. You see, my kids love to eat, and they really do appreciate good food. And with five of us at the French Quarter Fest, it's easy for us to order samples from several different restaurants to share. And that way we get to taste more uh, of what's available out there than if each of us were to order on our own. So this, this little system that we have certainly works for us. Now, last week, 
over at catholicfoodie.com, I did post my wish list, right, for the festival. Because, you know, we were there all day, and we planned to spend uh, all day there, into the night, and we knew we were going to be there for two meals. So this is what I did. I, I made a wish list, and I, we also talked about this on uh, our, our, some of these on that episode of Around the Table. And here's my wish list from last week, okay? This is what I wanted to, to try. And there's several things here, but please keep in mind that that there's five of us, and you can you order these little plates, and they're from, I don't know, 4 or $5, $6, $7, depends. And, and you get a, just a taste of it all. So it's not as if we're eating, like, large quantities of whatever. What, what was that, the, the Coneheads on Saturday Night Live? Right, large quantities. That's that's what they used to eat. The cone heads. Boy, what what a what a flashback. <laughs> anyway, this is what I wanted to try: shrimp and crab meat stirf, uh, stirfed, not stirfed, stuffed, merloton with Creole sauce, and brisket of beef with horseradish sauce. Both by Two Jags Restaurant. Okay, Two Jags Restaurant. They've been a vendor since 1984. Uh, the Satchmo Dog with a Zesty Beef Frank topped with red, red beans and rice by Dreamy Weenies. You're going to hear more about them uh, shortly. Uh, Dreamy Weenies was a, a new vendor this year, the first time at the French Quarter Festival. Uh, Prime Beef Debris Po' Boy. That boy that just sounds so good. Prime Beef Debris <laughs> Po' Boy and, a, and Bourbon Barbecue Shrimp Po' Boy. Both of those by Dickie Brennan Steakhouse. They've been a vendor since 2011. Hot Boiled Crawfish with All the Fixins by Rouse's Market. They've been there since 2008. You're going to hear more about them, too, because there was the uh, uh, the annual uh, 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 Crawfish Eating World Championship, I believe is the, the official name, that it was hosted by Rouse's, and they boiled crawfish for that event. You'll hear more about that shortly. Uh, fried Shrimp BLT Po' Boy and Shrimp Remoulade, both by Galatoire's Restaurant. They've been a vendor since last year, 2012. Slow Roasted Duck Po' Boy and Shrimp and Alligator Cheesecake, both by Giacomo's. They were a, a, a new vendor this year. Crawfish and Goat Cheese Crepes. Wow, did that sound good? Crawfish and Goat Cheese Crepes by Muriel's in Jackson Square. They've been a vendor since 2002. Uh, 12-hour Roast Beef Po' Boy with Horseradish Cream and Pickled Red Onions. <laughs> wow. That's by uh, Boucherie. And they've been a vendor since 2010. And then finally, we got some good country cooking down here now, too, folks. Okay, good country cooking. We got grilled chicken livers with sweet hot pepper jelly and fried jumbo chicken wings with mustard greens by the Praline Connection. They have been a vendor since 1994. Now that was my wish list. My wish list <laughs> from before the festival. And now let's see how we did. What what actually were we able to accomplish here at the 2013 French Quarter Festival? This this is the, the a list of the foods that we actually ate. It's a it's it's a long list. It's we we did pretty good. <laughs> My kids, man, they 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 can put some food away. Not me, I'm a picky eater. Just just kidding. Uh <laughs> first thing we did, we hit we got there Parking was insane. Okay, folks, we had like over half a million people at this festival over a period of four days. Over half a million people. I think it was like 526,000, something like that. That's a lot of people to be down in that area. Now, it's not just in the French Quarter proper. They have uh, kind of sequestered the festival, kind of takes over certain areas like the Waldenburg Waldenburg Park right there by the, the levee. 
uh, by the river. You've got the U.S. Mint down on the other end of the French market. You've got uh, the Jackson Square, of course, right there in the heart of um, of the French Quarter. You've, you've got different areas where they have 21, 22 different stages set up, music playing all the time. And uh, But there's a lot of people. And, and the, the problem preeminently, I think preeminently, anytime, the ever-present problem that we have going down to New Orleans, downtown, like French Quarter, the, the warehouse district, that whole area, it really is parking. Parking's always a problem, I think. Uh, not that it's a problem, it's just that you may have to park farther away and it may cost money or a lot more money than you want it to, to cost when you go to a, an event like this. So uh, we, we finally got there. We parked. We finally got down to where we're going. And we get into Jackson Square. And, of course, we were trying to get things together at home. And, and I had some work stuff to kind of finish up. And so we didn't eat lunch. We, we got there. It was probably around between 12 and 1. Uh, about 12, I guess it was about lunchtime, about 12 o'clock or so. And we were hungry. It's like, all right, well, the first thing we're going to do is try to find something to eat. So what do we do? We walk into Jackson Square. The very first tent that we came upon was was Giacomo's. And Giacomo's, man, if you've never been to, to Giacomo's, Giacomo's is a fun place to dine. I mean, the name says it all, right? The name comes right out of that classic Mardi Gras song, I go, I go. I can't say the rest of it. I'm not going to sing the rest of it. But, you know, it's Giacomo, Finane, right? So um, Jacques himself was actually there at the French Quarter Fest on Friday. As a matter of fact, he gave uh, my kids free tickets to get the the shrimp and alligator cheesecake. <laughs> Boy, talk about an easy way to uh, become uh, a hero to my, my children. Uh, but he, he had a big smile on his face. He was happy to be there, obviously happy to be there. And um, uh, it just I think just meeting so many people, he loves to, to engage with people, loves to talk to people. You, you find him very vivacious, right, at his restaurant, Giacomo's. So they all, they tried the shrimp and alligator cheesecake. I got to have a bite, but uh, they kind of felt like they were, it was theirs because they got a ticket, right, to get it. So it, it was theirs. <laughs> But shrimp and alligator cheesecake is a savory cheesecake. It's not dessert. It's a savory cheesecake, and my kids loved it, and uh, it was just it was delicious. And they also had a slow-roasted duck po' boy. We got one of those. Char and I shared that, and, well, I had a few bites. And then uh, my son, who's a growing boy and seems to be able to eat like the world, uh, he finished it off for us. But uh, there were just so many different po' boys to try at the French Quarter Festival, but we couldn't pass up the opportunity to try one of the only duck po' boys at the fest. Not the only one, but one of the only ones. And Giacomo's duck was slow roasted, which made it fall apart tender, right? Just fall apart tender. And I really liked the duck. The duck was awesome. Uh, I didn't want to eat too much bread, though. That was the thing. I don't want to eat too much bread because uh, uh, there was just so many good things to try at the festival. I just I didn't want to get full. Now, the next thing we, we tried was Galatoire's, and Galatoire's is a famous, famous restaurant in New Orleans, and they had, believe it or not, they had something there called a fried shrimp BLT po' boy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, this was awesome, right? It, this was a- incredible. Uh, if there hadn't been so many delicious dishes to try at the fest, then I would have wanted a full-sized fried shrimp BLT po' boy. I mean, come on. It was fried shrimp, right? <laughs> and it had bacon on it. I mean, goodness gracious. <laughs> it 
They used uh, Leidenheimer bread for their po'boys, and it was perfect. I mean, Leidenheimer Baking Company specializes in po'boy bread here in New Orleans, and it's it's the favorite of all po'boy diehards. And uh, I, matter of fact, I once heard uh, Emeril Lagasse refer to Leidenheimer's po'boy bread as being so light and fluffy, it almost makes you want to crawl into the sandwich and fall asleep. <laughs> but anyway, I tell you what, honestly, uh, I think that this fried shrimp BLT po'boy was my favorite food uh, of, of French Quarter Fest this year. It was it was that good. It really was that good. And it's now uh, on my list. I, I will have to go to Galatoire's to have one of those po'boys. It was phenomenal. Uh, okay, the Court of Two Sisters, we're, this all happened. This was our lunch, right? Our lunch. The Court of Two Sisters right there. Uh, they had two things on the menu that they were bringing. One was the crawfish louise, and the other was the turtle soup. Now, my wife loves turtle soup and just had to try it. I mean, the Court of Two Sisters, again, another iconic sort of uh, old New Orleans standard restaurant, right? Been around for a long time, and, uh, and, and, and we just had to try it. And I've had good turtle soup and bad turtle soup in my life. And I don't know if you are like me, you may have had that kind of experience. But this turtle soup from the Court of Two Sisters was not only a good turtle soup, it was probably the best I've ever had. I mean, it was it was delicious. Uh, and it's hard to believe that something that good can be enjoyed out of a styrofoam bowl. I mean, think about it. We're out at this festival. You've got uh, over half a million people out there. 60-plus restaurants serving food to people, they're not serving it on hard plates. They're not serving it on china. They're not serving it on um, uh, whatever kind of plate that you would expect in a restaurant. They're serving it on styrofoam, right? This, it just seemed like an injustice to this soup. (laughs) To me, it seemed like it should be enjoyed, you know, out of a real china bowl, in the restaurant. So that also is going on my list of things to do. Going to the court of two sisters for uh, turtle soup in a bowl, in like a bowl, like, you know, China bowl. So that would be really, really good. And uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to follow up. Those, that was really our lunch. And so I'm going to take a break real quick. I'm going to come back in just a moment to tell you uh, what our, I don't know, what you would call them, elevensies or second breakfast or. <laughs> It was a mid-afternoon snack. We had one of those, and I'll tell you all about it in just a minute. Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Pocket, the goody lady? My goodness, she makes some good goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread chocolate icing between very It's good. Uh, it's very good. All right, let's take a moment here to talk about Dreamy Weenies, okay? You know, I admit it. I do admit it out of all the 60 plus vendors at the French Quarter Festival this year, I think Dreamy Weenies was the vendor I was most looking forward to seeing. Uh, they've only been open on North Rampart Street, right outside the quarter, around the edge of the quarter, for about nine months now. But in that short period of time, they have certainly made a splash on the local food scene. They use all fresh ingredients, most of which are made from scratch right in their kitchen. And it's run by two young entrepreneurs, Ahmad Shakir and Nasser Nance. And they're just so much fun. <laughs> I mean, they really are. Uh, from the creative and tasty hot dog variations they provide to the fun, quirky, and eminently local flavor of their menu names and marketing, these guys are having a ball. 
And uh, Dreamy Weenies is hot dogs gone NOLA for sure. And they had two hot dogs available at the uh, at the French Quarter Fest. The first one's called the Satchmo Dog. It's topped with red beans and rice. Okay, this hot dog is a tribute to Satchmo, also known as Louis Armstrong. Uh, we added, when we made ours, we added some extra onions and bell pepper and celery, along with a little squirt of mustard. And this is definitely what happens when the hot dog goes NOLA, folks, because, uh, wow, <laughs> it was good. And, you know, Louis Armstrong, I've said this before, I think I, when I talked about red beans and rice, Louis Armstrong loved red beans and rice. Matter of fact, he used to uh, sign his letters, those things you used to write and put into the mailbox to send to somebody you knew. He would always sign them, red beans and rice are yours. That was his sign-off on his letters. But not only that, but uh, uh, Dreamy Weenies happens to be located right across the street from Armstrong Park, which is named after Louis Armstrong. And so they had to have some sort of an Armstrong, Louis Armstrong hot dog, of course. And the Satchmo dog is, in my humble opinion, perfect. Uh, never had a hot dog topped with uh, red beans and rice before, but you know what? It works. <laughs> yeah, it certainly works. And then they had another hot dog there. It's uh, called the Gin Chili Dog. And uh, if you're not from around New Orleans, don't know much about it, you might not quite get the joke. There is a neighborhood, it's a very old neighborhood in New Orleans called Gentilly. And matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Walker Percy in the book The Moviegoer writes about uh, 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 Gentilly. So anyway, this hot dog is called Gentilly. <laughs> it's a chili dog, right? It's topped with homemade chili and sauerkraut. Uh, the sauerkraut they also make in-house, and this this hot dog is the kind of hot dog that will definitely make you slap your mama. You know, that expression, slap your mama because it's so good? Well, it, it'll at least tempt you to do that because it is so good. I have to say that out of the two, uh, the gin chili dog was definitely my favorite. It was my favorite. Matter of fact, I think it was my favorite hot dog ever. <laughs> ever and ever. Uh, the fact that the name is, is, a, is a twist on a classic New Orleans neighborhood just, just makes it even better. Uh, now, of course, that was our mid-afternoon snack, and uh, as we finally, because we had to go, I mean, think about this, we, we started out uh, in the quarter itself, we parked, we, we moved from there, went to Jackson Square right there in front of the cathedral, St. Louis Cathedral, uh, we, we, we had lunch there, we visited with friends for a while, probably there, probably there for like a couple of hours, then we made a trek right from there all the way to the end of the French Quarter uh, to Esplanade where the, the U.S. Mint is, right where Esplanade hits uh, the river, and and they have stages set up over there, rouses was set up over there, boiling crawfish, you know, all kind of good stuff was going on. Uh, but we went there for one reason, and that one reason was for our mid-afternoon snack, which was the, the Dreamy Weenies, because that's where they were. They were over there by the U.S. Mint. Now, once we did that, we had to make the trek again from, from there all the way through the French Quarter, well, we at one point we got up onto the levee and walked all the way up uh, Waldenburg Park, up there by the levee where the 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 riverfront where the the big big stages were. They had like three big stages over there, and we had brought uh, we were carrying around uh, portable seats, right? These little pull out seats that you can uh, set up wherever and just have a seat. 
<laughs> and we were, we were lugging those things around, and we were our intention was to set up camp over there. That's what we did last year. We want to do the same thing again. And of course, our our good friend Big D, Dwayne DeRoche, Big D was with us, and so we're moving from one location to the next, uh, enjoying the music, enjoying the food. Finally, hoping to set up camp right over there on the riverfront. That's what we did. And uh, once we got settled, you know, no festival, at least down in South Louisiana, no festival is complete without a Natchitoches meat pie. And uh, I love meat pies. And Mrs. Wheats has meat pies available there uh, every year at uh, the French Quarter Festival. So these meat pies are made with pork, beef, onions, bell peppers, garlic, and spicy seasonings. And then, then these pies are fried to perfection. And as a kid, I loved them, and I still do as an adult. And uh, like I said, no South Louisiana festival is complete without a Natchitoches meat pie. So while while uh, the girls were off, I think uh, Char took the girls. They were, I don't know, maybe going to a bathroom break or something. Whatever they were doing, while they were gone, uh, Christopher and I, my son, we, we split uh, a couple of meat pies together. It was quite a, a nice, I guess, second mid-afternoon snack. Or evening snack. <laughs> it was good. It really was. Now the kids, the kids got to to have something too, just just for themselves. They they went to Plum Street Snowball. Plum Street Snowball uh, was was available uh, in in multiple locations throughout the festival. You know the the actual uh, uh, it's not a restaurant. It's a snowball quote-unquote stand. It's more it's more than a stand, though. It's located in uptown New Orleans on Plum Street, and it's one of those iconic neighborhood establishments, right, that folks rave about. And it's been around, it seems like, forever. I mean, I can remember this going back probably 20 years, people talking about Plum Street snowballs. Uh, so if you're ever in New Orleans during the spring or summer, you don't want to miss it, for sure. Uh, now, I, I did not have a snowball on Friday, but my son had a, a chocolate snowball, and uh, my girls each got a chocolate and coffee snowball, a combination. So uh, the smiles on their faces told me that they were tasty and refreshing. They really enjoyed it. And that was probably right when the sun was starting to kind of go down. You know, we're, we're getting to that, that kind of evening time. And it was just so beautiful out there. Perfect weather on Friday. Uh, Ralph and Cacuz was there. Ralph and Cacuz, I, I grew up going to Ralph and Cacuz. Uh, it's a seafood restaurant. I, I remember just ordering seafood there all the whenever we, we would go. Probably Ralph and Cacuz was, was probably as a child one of my earliest dining experiences. Uh, I mean, I'm talking like a nicer kind of restaurant dining experience. Ralph and Cacuz was probably one of those for me as an early child, one of the first. And I always remember ordering uh, fried catfish and French fries and hush puppies. <laughs> I loved fried stuff, right? I remember ordering all that when I would go with my parents and my sister. And uh, but anyway, Ralph and Cacuz was there, and my kids went out on their own. Uh, they had they had permission, but they went out because they were hungry. Cause they're kids, and that's how they are. Uh, they went to to the Ralph and Cacuz stand, and they got uh, jambalaya with chicken and sausage. I did not get to taste it because uh, by the time they walked back from the stand to uh, where we were sitting, there was there was none left. <laughs> they destroyed it. They ate it all. Didn't save me any. So in, in a similar fashion, at one point, uh, Char wanted a little something to snack on. I was busy uh, listening to music, talking to Big D, and just having a good time socializing. And I wasn't uh, too keyed in at the moment on, on eating, because, of course, we had been snacking really since lunchtime, more or less. Uh, but she went to Barreca's. Barreca's is a restaurant on Metairie Road. 
and she got the Louisiana Crawfish Etouffee. They specialize. Barreca specializes in uh, local cuisine. And so between bands, uh, Char grabbed a bowl, and uh, I had a couple of bites, and it was really good. And it tidied me over for my f- until we ordered my final, really what was the final, um, uh, sample from the French Quarter Fest, and that came from Superior Grill. Now, Superior Grill is uh, kind of billed as a Mexican restaurant. And matter of fact, I remember when I came back from Mexico at the age of 20 or, t- yeah, I guess 20, 21, uh, after living there for two years, I remember going to Superior Grill in Baton Rouge and thinking to myself, this was the most authentic Mexican food I've ever had in my life. Because, you know, before I went to Mexico, I'd had Taco Bell, I'd had a couple of other places that are quote-unquote Mexican, but but they, they're, they're not. <laughs> I mean, they're just not. And uh, the Superior Grill was very authentic for me. And they have a location in New Orleans, right there on St. Charles Avenue. And so Friday night, we ordered from Superior Grill, and it was well into the night. This was probably shortly, but about maybe an hour before we left. We didn't leave there until about 10 o'clock. Uh, I don't have any pictures of the tacos that we ordered because it was too dark by then, uh, but we've always enjoyed Superior Grill, both the atmosphere and the food. As a matter of fact, when Char and I got married about 14 years ago, we had a party for all the out-of-town out of guests who came for the wedding uh, at Superior Grill a couple of days before the wedding. So every time I think of uh, Superior Grill, I've just got these really good memories, you know. Not to mention the fact that when we go to uh, the Mardi Gras parades with Big D down on St. Charles Avenue, we're really only a block away from Superior Grill. So there have been times when we've stopped by on our way out, although the crowds are really thick at that time. So it's it's hard to uh, to order, you know. But anyway, a Superior Grill on Friday, or really for all of French Quarter Festival, they had three different types of tacos on the menu. Shrimp tacos, a beef brisket tacos and pork tacos and you know that the people at the french quarter fest love superior grill because by the time we ordered they were out of the beef brisket tacos so we quote unquote settled (laughs) for three each of the following we had three of the shrimp tacos they were on white uh, soft white uh, uh, tortillas marinated, uh, there was marinated grilled shrimp right inside those tacos. Wow, that was good. And then pork tacos with Cholula sauce. I love Cholula sauce. It's it's hot, it's spicy, it's it's uh, picante, but not, not it doesn't overdo it, you know. And it's got a good little tang to it, too. So the pulled pork tacos we had on soft white corn tortillas top of the Cholula sauce. And mm-mm-mm, they were good. It was perfect, perfect timing around 9 o'clock at night. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was some goodies, folks. It really was some good eats. And we're going to take another break for just a moment, and we're going to come back and talk about some of the folks that I got to see at French Quarter Fest this year. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. While doing research for the first broadcast of Around the Table, which featured the foods of uh, the French Quarter Festival, as I mentioned, I came across a rather interesting character by the name of Crazy, Le- Crazy Legs Kantai. Well, we say Kantai down here. 
he would probably say Crazy Legs Conti. Uh, you know, for the for the last few years at the French Quarter Festival, Rouse's Markets has hosted a crawfish eating contest. Now, we're not talking about a small time event here. Okay, this is the Rouse's Crawfish Eating World Championship, and it draws professional competitive eaters from all over. <laughs> you know, there actually is a thing called Major League Eating. And they put on various types of eating contests all over the world. This year was the fourth year of the Crawfish Eating World Championship, and the purse totaled $2,000. I believe the, the way it works is that the winner would get, uh, the first place winner would get $1,000, second place would get $500, and third place would get uh, $500 as well. Now, on Friday afternoon, while strolling through Jackson Square, I happened upon Crazy Legs Conti, and he was doing a little video blog post thing with his camera, and uh, he kind of stood out. You know, he's got a, a unique uh, a, 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 a appearance, a unique appearance, and, uh, well, just just let's just say that I, I couldn't resist the photo op, okay? So I got a picture over at catholicfoodie.com of me and Crazy Legs Conti. He's a, he's a professional competitive eater from, from New York. <laughs> now, on Saturday, Crazy Legs came in second, okay? The top results were the same as last year. Matter of fact, I think it's the same as the last few years, uh, with Sonia the Black Widow Thomas taking first place and Adrian the Rabbit Morgan taking third. Now, <clears throat> you may wonder how they set this up. It's They weigh everything, first of all. It's a crawfish eating contest. And you know, normally, if, if when we are planning a crawfish boil, we normally would factor in. We're trying to figure out how much should we boil. Typically, it's about five pounds of crawfish per, like, you know, raw crawfish, live crawfish per adult eater. So, uh, you know, you, you're going to get about five pounds of crawfish per person at a, at a regular crawfish boil. But of course, you're enjoying beer, you're enjoying the sunshine, you're enjoying conversation. You're not eating it all in 10 minutes, okay? And that, that, that was the competition. The competitive part is to see how much they could put away in weight in a 10-minute period of time. And so <clears throat> apparently this is something they practice for, and they kind of gear up for every year. But the winner, uh, Sonia the Black Widow Thomas, put away 3.3 pounds of crawfish in in 10 minutes. And Crazy Legs... Uh, Conti put away 2.8 pounds of crawfish in 10 minutes. And then finally, the third-place guy who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is out of Baton Rouge, so he's local, Adrian the Rabbit Morgan, uh, he put away, I think, 2.3, if I'm not mistaken, 2.3 pounds of crawfish in 10 minutes. So that's a lot of eating. It's, a lot, it's real fast. It's 10 minutes. That's a lot. It's, that's, to me, kind of crazy. I mean, they, they seem like they really enjoy competitive eating, which is fine for, for them. You know, but but for me, I, I prefer to enjoy my food one bite at a time. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was delightful to meet Crazy Legs Conti. We got a picture together. I, we chit chatted. We exchanged business cards. All that kind of fun stuff. Um, but um, boy, that that's a different way of eating. <laughs> so I also got to see. It was a pleasure. I also got to see someone else at the uh, at the fest. You might remember in previous episodes me mentioning Maureen McMurray. Uh, Maureen McMurray, uh, you also might recognize from the Catholic Guys show with Lino Rooley on Catholic, the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM Radio. 
Uh, you know, a few years back, Maureen came down to New Orleans with the crew of the Catholic Guys show to catch Mardi Gras. If you remember that, they actually stayed in the French Quarter. I think it was at the I think it was the Bourbon Orleans, and on Bourbon Street. All right, this was from I think Saturday through Tuesday. They were there, if I'm not mistaken. So they caught all the major parades, they caught all the craziness, all the party that were there that was there down on Bourbon Street. And all my life growing up, I'd never, I had never been on Bourbon Street on Mardi Gras Day, but they had invited me to come on the show. So Char and I drove over. We went down, found a place to park miraculously. We walked down Bourbon Street <laughs> on Mardi Gras Day. That was something. Uh, to get to the, the hotel where they were staying and where they were broadcasting from. And it was really a lot of fun. I was on the show for probably 45 minutes or an hour or something like that. And uh, it was a three-hour show, I believe. So I was there for, for a good while, and it was tons of fun. I, I, I made a, a gumbo for Lino, brought him some to taste, and not just for Lino, but Maureen and for Lou was there as well. Uh, I made a king cake. I did all that kind of stuff, brought it down, and we just had a ball. I mean, all of us had a ball. And uh, anyway, so Maureen is, uh, is, is also, uh, well, let me put it this way. Maureen and her husband, Danny Mulligan, are currently living and working in New Orleans. It just so happens, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, they must be gypsies or something, gypsies or, or some sort of adventurers or, or, or whatever, but they left like New York. They came down to um, uh, New Orleans to live here for a few months, and so a few months back, they, they moved down here. And uh, her, her husband is Danny Mulligan. He's a musician, does all kind of good stuff. Um, they're living and working here in New Orleans for the moment. And uh, Maureen, matter of fact, is the one who produced the story about the alligator and the archbishop that was featured locally on WWNO uh, during Lent and also nationally on NPR, which is a pretty awesome thing. So anyway, I knew that Maureen was going to be there. We were texting back and forth trying to figure out where we were. And it ends up at the end of the, toward the end of the, of the day we ended up being like 30 feet from each other. I mean, not, not planned. We just happened to be at the same place at the same time, which was really kind of awesome. So um, we had the pleasure of, of meeting Danny for the first time, and Danny's brother came in for the French Quarter Festival. He came in from Chicago for that, which was just it was just a pleasure to see Maureen again and to meet Danny, and it's just you know a lot of good fun. So uh, good times, folks, good times down here in New Orleans for sure, for sure. And, uh, you know... The food is really a big deal down here at the French Quarter Festival. It is the, the world's largest uh, jazz brunch, right? But without the music, there would be no festival. After all, the French Quarter Festival is the largest free music festival in the South. And I think it's only like number two in the nation as far as a free music festival. So that's pretty amazing. And this year marked, as I mentioned earlier, the 30th anniversary of the French Quarter Festival. And uh, this year's attendance, believe it or not, the figures... Uh, indicate that approximately over 562,000 festival goers enjoyed the music, the food, the special events, and of course, the historic French Quarter. Now, attendance numbers were slightly down from last year, from 2012, probably because of the rain on Thursday, which is most of the day, and then we had a lot of rain on Sunday morning. However, the festival did host the largest single attendance day in its history, 30-year history, with 303,000 festival goers there on Saturday, April 13th. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. As I mentioned before, the French Quarter Festival is unofficially called the kickoff to festival season in New Orleans. And over the next few weekends, uh, New Orleans will be hosting its famous Jazz Fest, right? The 
the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Uh, and this year, we will see the likes of Billy Joel, Fleetwood Mac, B.B. King, Earth, Wind and Fire, Willie Nelson, the Dave Matthews Band, Maroon 5, John Mayer, Widespread Panic, Hall & Oates, and many, many more. As you might expect, Jazz Fest is known just as much for the food as for the music, kind of like the French Quarter Festival. And once again, classic Jazz Fest dishes will also be available, like crawfish bread, crawfish monica, which is a recipe for crawfish monica on catholicfoodie.com. Be sure to check that out. Alligator on a stick. <laughs> That's right. Alligator on a stick and mango freeze. Nice little refreshing beverage there, mango freeze. Uh, but there are going to be some new dishes this year, too, but that's a topic for another time. So in the meantime, what I'd like to do right now is play a clip for you. This is the last segment, 15-minute segment, uh, from that new radio show I told you about earlier, which is Around the Table. In this segment, we interviewed uh, Nasser Nance from uh, Dreamy Weenies. And I tell you what, he was he was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Funny guy. Uh, they're doing amazing stuff, and I really think you're going to enjoy this. So sit back. And, uh, and, and and take a listen. Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with uh, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, sitting right across from me here. And, boy, we are talking about some action going on this weekend with the French Quarter Festival. That's right, 30 years now. 30 years. If you're just joining us, by the way, this is a new show, a uh, new afternoon show. We're kind of getting you ready for the weekend. You know, we live... We know how to live. We live our faith. We, we, we're we all about uh, eating, right, Jeff? Right, right. And, good food. Uh, good food and uh, good faith, and uh, here we are. And uh, I'll tell you what, getting back to the French Quarter Festival, that, that that's a mighty big festival going on this weekend. We've been talking to some people that are going to be serving some mighty good food, and uh, we got somebody oh, else yeah. on the line, huh? Oh, absolutely. You know, that's you know, there's over 60 different vendors, I believe, uh, that are that, that'll be there for the the weekend of, of the French Quarter Festival, and uh, one of the ones I'm telling you, I just I, I was looking through the list. They yeah. have a menu online. You know, you can go and you can see all the stuff that's available. Right. And one of the the vendors that's going to be there, just it it the name just grabbed me. You know, I'm like <laughs> like what is this? I, I need to find out about it. So uh, we want to welcome Nasser to the show. Uh, Nasser Nance, who is with Dreamy Weenies, which is just a ph- phenomenal name. So <laughs> I like the welcome, name too. welcome Nasser. Thank you, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. I have heard incredible things about your hot dogs here in town, and uh, well, I'll tell you what. First, uh, before we get to what you're serving at the at the festival, uh, tell us about uh, Dreamy Weenies. Well, Dreamy Weenies, uh, uh, located at 740 North Rampart, uh, right directly across the street from Armstrong Park. We're on the outskirts of the French Quarter, right before it becomes Treme. Uh, we are what, like, as we like to say, we are what happens when New Orleans does the hot dog. We have a saying <laughs> below our logo that we are hot dogs gone NOLA. So the hot dog has come down here. It's met a couple of New Orleanians, and it's realized that, hey, I can do some other things than what Oscar Mayer traditionally imagined. Oh, that's uh, great. So we do those things. We do them on a fresh baked bun that's delivered to us every morning. Wow. Or we can take that same hot dog or sausage and dip it in the corn dog batter that we make from scratch in house. So it's wow. hot dogs, but it's New Orleans-style hot dogs, definitely. Okay, so is it just your basic hot dog, or do you have different types of meat? Or oh, how, yeah, how's that absolutely. Uh, Dreaming Winnie's has three different types of hot dogs available for you. Uh, Dreamy Winnie's has a kosher dog, a halal dog, and a vegan item. So basically what we were looking to do is do something for everybody. I mean, Louisiana, New Orleans is a melting pot full of different people, and so we didn't want anyone to feel left out when it comes to this excellent item. So we did just that, uh, halal, kosher, and vegan at Dreamy Winnie's. Wow. 
That okay, is awesome. So, so uh, tell me about the vegan one. You you got me intrigued here. Uh, I would uh, never expect a hot dog to be healthy, but, uh, you know. Yeah, and you asked it in such an interesting way. You had, you said, tell me about the vegan one, when we actually have three different vegan All options. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a, a, a vegan uh, Polish sausage, there's a vegan Italian sausage, and then there's a uh, falafel dog that we... Top off all wow. kinds of ways: tzatziki, curry sauce, tomatoes, Creole. Oh, that mix. sounds good. Uh, mm. We also have a vegan bun, which has to be requested uh, because the tradition, our regular bun, is not vegan, but we do have a wheat bun that happens to be vegan as well, and it's actually popular among non-vegan people. Now, wow. now, so I, I come to I'm, I come to your place and I say, well, just give me a regular old hot dog. I'm sure I can get that, or a regular chili dog, or something like that. Absolutely, but, uh, that that will fall under the traditional beef knock. We have, I mean. We do the exotic things, but most people just want that classic American hot dog with sure. sauerkraut and mustard. And, of course, we do that, uh, but it's done in a fresh way. You know, okay. we do a, a Creole mustard that we make, mm. uh, and the uh, sauerkraut has not been sitting out, sitting in a stand all day, all night, you know, or things like that. So, absolutely, we can still do that classic traditional hot dog that people love so much. Now give me an example of some of the more, uh, uh, what do I want to say, unique hot dogs that you have. Uh, so uh, I guess in terms of the unique hot dogs, Dreaming Winnie's does what we specialize in, actually. The Satchmo dog, which is a Dreaming Winnie of your choice with red beans and rice on top. Huh. I like to top mine personally with onions, mustard, and cheese. We have the uh, Toulouse dog. We do the barbecue shrimp sauce from scratch. Oh, we put that wow. on top of any hot dog you like, and that, that goes <laughs> so well with the Trinity, the uh, onions, bell pepper, and celery. Oh, That's wow. definitely one of my favorites. The Gin Chili dog, which is... Named after one of our traditional New Orleans neighborhoods. Wait, 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 wait. Not Gentilly, but Gen Not Chili? Not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Gen Chili dog. We All do right. the chili from scratch, but we do it in a local flavor by adding the Creole mix. We like to do cream cheese on the bun as well with that one. Mm, uh, one wow. of my favorites. Uh, it's, it's amazing how that tang from the cream cheese and that spice from the chili works together. You would think they were first cousins, you know? Wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. What about the Toulouse one? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so that barbecue shrimp sauce, that's in a Toulouse dog. All right. This is not a, uh, a shrimp paste that we pick up from the grocery store or anything like that. The chef who does it, actually, his grandmother is from, uh, is from Gentilly, and it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a recipe that she taught him. And so my first time seeing it, I'm seeing shrimp heads with the eyes still yeah. in it, oh, yeah. onion peels, you know, all kinds of things. And I'm like, dude, is this like a compost? Was, no, this is my shrimp stock that he uses oh, for goodness. the barbecue shrimp sauce. And yeah. so it's... <laughs> very much so Louisiana uh, and very much so New Orleans, and so we decided, hey, if it's going to be on a new, if we're going to do New Orleans style hot dogs, we have to do a classic barbecue shrimp sauce. I mean, oh, absolutely, on that Italian sausage at that, oh man, good stuff. Wow, set. that is phenomenal. Look, uh, you you can't have all these available, huh? This weekend at the French Quarter Fest, so you got just certain ones, or or how's that work? Yeah, well, so we brought it down to just three options. Uh, you you'll be able to come and pick up that classic hot dog. I mean, Dreaming Winnie's, again, uh, we, we, we want to serve everybody. And so people who just want mustard and ketchup, you'll be able to come there and get a traditional Dreaming Winnie, mm-hmm. top it off with mustard, ketchup, sauerkraut, onions, relish, cheese, whichever you prefer. Right. But for those people who are looking for something uh, a little unique uh, or, or naturally New Orleans, as people say, yeah. you can choose from the Satchmo <laughs> dog with the, bar- uh, with the uh, red beans and rice on top, or you can go with the Gin Chili dog with the chili made from scratch still. Uh, we're not going to sacrifice quality for the festival. Uh, and with the Creole mix, the chopped up onions, bell pepper, and celery, fresh chopped. Wow. Now the red beans and rice. You you guys making the red beans there? or? Uh... 
Absolutely. We know no other way, man. I mean, you can't. Here's the thing. You know, that's a good question because you can cut corners, man, but people in Louisiana will find out. They know the taste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, uh, indeed. And so they know what to expect when it comes to those, those things. And so, we, yes, we do them from scratch in-house. Well, you know, uh, I'm 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 gonna have my family with me uh, for the the festival, and I'm I'm gonna hunt you down. Where where, where where can I find you? Where are you gonna be located? The U.S. Mint, actually. Um, this is our first year, and so we figured we'd give it a shot at the Mint, see how it goes, and let people experience us, and uh, and maybe move on to the riverfront in next year. Who there knows? But for Dang. right now, we're definitely. At the U.S. Mint, you can catch us there right at, uh, at Barracks, if I'm not mistaken, okay. where the French market ends. Uh, so please, yeah, you and your family come and check us out. Bring a bib if that's your thing, but we'll have plenty of napkins for you. You know, b- both of you guys, Jeff and, uh, and, and well, I, Mr. Nance, y'all help me out here. Uh, I'm from Baton Rouge, okay? Uh-huh. So where am I going to find the Mint, y'all? How, how, do, how do I find that? If you take Esplanade Avenue, uh-huh. uh, Riverbound, right. it will literally lead you directly to the Mint. All the way down to the river? All mm. the way down to the okay. river. You can't miss it. We're to your right if you're a Riverbound. Uh, but then again, you'll see the stages, and you may even smell the weenies. Yay! <laughs> wow. I tell you what, I love, I love the, the, the idea of the, the Sashmo dog. Uh, you know, I... That the famous story. I mean, he loved red beans and rice. He used to sign all his letters, "Red beans and rice, yours." Okay. And then we're directly, yeah. we're located directly across the street from Armstrong Park. So we we were almost, we had to literally, you know. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now, uh, uh, your your place is on Rampart Street, right? Correct. Okay. 740 North Rampart. 740 North Rampart, and I, I can just come in, and you probably have a menu that I will look at and just pretty much be overwhelmed by uh, all the variety of hot dogs you got. Initially, but what we we tried to uh, just simple simplify for people at Dreaming Weenies. We you know we are about the food, but we're definitely about good customer service at Dreaming Weenies, and so it becomes overwhelming. But what you'll see is we'll hand you a menu in front of you, yeah. which kind of brings it all together and explain it slowly and help you to decide what kind of toppings you like to do because it is a build your own dog, so that way you get the best hot dog uh, you came for, not the one that everyone else came for. Oh, but it actually turns out to be pretty simple when you get the menu in hand. All right. Now, what's the average price for a hot dog? What's the range? So our traditional hot dog with all of the free toppings, mustard, onions, ketchup, sauerkraut, relish, is six ninety-five. dollars okay. At Dreaming Weenies, our hot dogs are roughly 7 inches, quarter pound. Again, top quality beef or turkey franks or vegan franks with a bun that's baked fresh delivered to us every morning. You can do the Iber Meal, which is the dog of your choice with the free toppings, chips and a drink for eight fifty five. The BN meal is dogs, French fries and a drink. You can choose from waffle fries, seasoned waffle fries, or sweet potato fries. Or if you really want to make a meal out of it, you'll do the Mandy meal, okay. which is the dog of your choice, a side item in a drink, and all the sides are made from scratch in house. I'm loving these plays on words. Wait a minute, they got the Mandy meal, no, the, the Mandy meal and the Iber meal, or the Iber meal, depending on which part of town you're from. Oh, uh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Y- y'all are having too much fun over there now. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like a- it is. I must say, it's a, it's a load of fun. I mean, we're in the Back of the quarter, but it still has that same live local vibe. You know? right. Now, how long have you been open? It's been almost nine months now. You're, wow. you're brand new to the yeah. area. Yeah, we're new yeah. to the bike. Absolutely, okay. but well received. Lots of uh, lots of repeat customers. Lots of new faces at the same time. Mm-hmm. People who are here for the first time, but say, "Hey, hey, I heard about you. I read about you in the paper. Or I heard about you on the radio." Right. And so uh, it, it's working out for us. Well, I bet it is. Do you have any, uh, guys have any other plans for the future or anything, or is it too early to tell? 
Well, I mean, both of us have student loans. Oh, so okay. <laughs> you better believe we have plans for the future. I mean, they've got their, they've got my arm turned saying, open yes. more places. you got to yeah. pay those loans back. So, that's yeah, right. we hope so. But that's, that's, <laughs> if the food continues to be received well, then we'll try to meet our customers halfway. Absolutely. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, Nasser, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us today. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm going to be there for two meals now. You know, yeah. I'll be there for, from lunch to, to dinner. So I plan on stopping by your place twice. Hey, <laughs> Dreamy Weenies, hot dogs gone, though, but just bring your appetite. Real awesome. quick before we let you go, I'm coming into town, and suppose I'm not going to the festival. What are your hours? Uh, we're going to be closed uh, at the physical location because of the festival. Right. Uh, and so if you're really looking to get that hot dog and uh, you're in town, your best bet is to uh, head on over to the Mint, which okay. is not the biggest stage. So you should still be able to make your way through without too many difficulties. Good, good. Awesome. Now, how about during the week, you know, other than uh, the festival? What, what are, what are your hours like? Absolutely. During the week, uh, Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., and on Friday and, seven, Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Wow. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Great. Excellent. Great. Well, again, Nasser, thank you so much. I appreciate Gentlemen, it. Thank you. It's really a pleasure. Thank you so much. Dreaming right. Weenies. Hot dogs gone NOLA. Yes, I love indeed. it. <laughs> I love Have a it. good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you. Too. Thanks. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's uh that's that sounds delicious, but yeah. it's also a lot of fun, huh? That uh, is a lot of fun. I love the names that he's that, that he's given these hot dogs. Uh, you know, Ibra Mill, Ibra Mill, okay, or Ibra Mill, depending on where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Bean Mill, Bean Mill. Anyway, that's Manda that's, Mill. <laughs> you know, and that's what I love about uh, our our uh, culture down here in the South. I mean, yeah. you know, we we have a lot of unique food that you're not going to get anywhere else mm -hmm. in the country. You know, and that 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 part I love. You know, also when we when we talk about our Catholic faith, you know, there there's so much that we do down here in South Louisiana that's like no other part of the country. Oh yeah. I, for instance, yeah. I thought St. Joseph's altars were a Sicilian tradition everywhere, but that right. wasn't necessarily the case. Not necessarily the case. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's funny when you talk about a lot of our traditional uh, South Louisiana uh, dishes, right? Mm -hmm. Like gumbo, jambalaya, even red beans and rice. All those things they're to me, at least, it's amazing. They're one-pot meals. They're big-pot meals. Yeah, which yeah. means the unspoken thing here is that they're cooked for families. Yeah, right? it's they're, not they're a single cooked. serving here. It's it's for people to gather around to eat, to gather around the table, yeah. to to eat together, and that's that's where this stuff comes from. Right. And, and I, I find it it's a beautiful thing to look back and to see uh, all of our traditional dishes down here are communal yeah and nature you know it's it's for families exactly and, and you're right i mean we have uh the the uh, saint joseph altar and mm -hmm. i mean so many other traditions too that are visible well you it, know we, uh, we, we live our we practice our faith it's it's yeah. something that's not hidden under a bushel basket Indeed. it's it's part and parcel of our everyday lives and the things that we do i mean Goodness gracious, you can't walk outside on a Friday in Lent and throw a rock and not hit a fish fry. That's right. You know what I'm saying? No, and you know, it really, in, in the tradition of the Catholic Church, you know, a lot of people, including I have gone back to not having meat on Friday. Right. But, you know, right. this is South Louisiana. It's not exactly a burden, okay? Right. <laughs> you know, okay. but it is something to, it, it's something to, uh, it, just, it, it, it makes us... Live our faith. It, it, it keeps yeah. me conscious all day long. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Friday. It's Friday. Why am mm -hmm. I not eating mm -hmm. meat? Oh, yeah, because I'm, you know, doing a Friday fast. But what it just does is keep me in tune with my faith during the day. During the day. Right? And yeah. so so we want to do that. We also want to encourage everyone, you know, to, to 
as we were saying, this this new show that's that's coming around, uh, this this around the table show that you're listening to right now, this show is really around the table. We are encouraging everybody to get back around the table. That's right. Right. I mean, that table can be uh, at home. I mean, that's ideally. You know, I love to cook. I, I, I cook pretty much just just about every day. Yeah. And uh, try to pull the family in on that. Uh, sometimes schedules are kind of crazy, but you know, we also want to. Uh, we can gather at restaurants. We can gather at church. We can exactly. gather. You know, but it's, well, the look, point is getting together. And thanks for joining us for this show. And uh, we're going to see you guys next week uh, at the same time for Around the Around the Table. Around the Table. The word. <laughs> God bless everyone. Bye-bye. Well, again, I want to thank, uh, thank Nasser, of course, Nasser Nance uh, from Dreamy Weenies for being on the show, on the radio show the other day. And, uh, and Marcy as well, Marcy Schramm, and uh, Ainsley Fine was on the show as well. So I want to thank all of them for taking the time to be with us. And uh, we've got some more good stuff coming up this week. Uh, we're going to be talking on Around the Table about Louisiana Seafood. We have the king and queen of Louisiana Seafood, the current reigning monarchs, uh, who are going to be on the show with us. That's Neely and Keith Friends. And uh, they own a restaurant in Covington called Lola. Lola Restaurant, and also a food truck called Lola Deux. So we're going to have them on the show. I think we've got uh, Susan Whalen, who is going to be on to talk about uh, French Quarter Fest, Jazz Fest, and also uh, Louisiana Seafood. So she'll be on the show. And I think we have another guest that we're trying to line up right now. I don't know yet who that's going to be. But uh, please do try to tune in. Hopefully I can get the, the podcast feed up before Friday so that that show will be available as a podcast, as well as a live radio show, 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time, uh, a.m. 690 in New Orleans, 1380 a.m. in Baton Rouge, and online, it's available for listening live online as well over at catholiccommunityradio.com, catholiccommunityradio.com. Lots of exciting stuff happening down here. Hope all is well with you, and until next time, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.